We're just gonna roll with it. It's like a really fast, really fast song. What's going on, everybody? Patrick Ali uh, coming at you here from uh, a new year. It's 2019 now. It's pretty exciting. We got uh, no snow on the ground again, which is awesome. I like that. I'm not like really a big. Are you a winter guy? I like to ski once or twice a season. Okay. Yeah. I mean, his office is only like 10 miles from, uh, uh, what is it? Mount Holly. Yeah. So, I mean, it is what it is. But that's okay. So, hey, listen, uh, this is actually uh, pretty fun. We're going to open up the new year uh, the right way, I feel like. Um, As always, join. This is live on real estate, by the way, for anybody out there that's never heard us. For anybody that has heard us, we're very off the cuff. So it's going to be a fun one. Uh, Joined, as always, with me, CP. One of our senior leaders here. What's up, buddy? What's happening there, Patrick? How are we? I'm doing good. Anybody out there that can't see him, but he's starting to grow this beard, and it's yeah. actually really nice. It's, I think it's nice. It's Looks rough. Good. It's rough. The <laughs> jury is still out. <laughs> the journey to get there, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and somebody else that obviously has a beard that we love so much, Ken Hirschman, Best Life and Company through EXP and MyMetroDetroitHomes.com. Uh, us. What's going on, bud? Nothing much. I'm excited. Happy New Year. I feel like it's been a long time since I've seen it. It has. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so we're here to obviously deliver all uh, mortgage, real estate related, hopefully make your day, uh, you know, a good day. And uh, we're already getting a little bit of sunshine. So it's it's starting out the right way. So what's going on, man? How's everything? Everything's good. That's good. You yeah. have a good break? Great break. That's good. Took some time off. Uh, today was officially my first day back. Okay. So. so do you traditionally, do you take like from Christmas to New Year's, you know, kind of take that time to recharge and revamp? It's a good time to just because yeah. it is the slowest week um, over the last four or five years since I've been in the business. So yeah. yeah, so it's good. So I went down to Indiana with the wife's family and nice. just kicked back, relax and hung out with family. And now we're back. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, I noticed too, though, there's a lot of like, because we, we do a lot of business together, but I, there's a lot of people like our clients that text us mm. around the holiday time and they're like, wow, you know, I'm thinking about putting an offer in right here shortly after the holiday. So do you see that a lot that like, you know, as soon as it flips into the new year that a lot of these people are coming back like right away or does it kind of, you know, a week or so after the new year, they're starting to trickle in? I've been doing this for five years and January 2nd or 3rd every single year, everybody yeah. that says they want to buy in spring right. shoots me a text or gives me a call or sends me a property. That's so, good. Yeah, so it's good. That's so, really, really good. Yeah. That's really good. Do you? I mean, we see that quite Yeah, a bit. absolutely. Yesterday was crazy around here. <laughs> I mean, I don't know about you guys, but people were pulling credit reports all over the place. It was nuts. So Yeah. yeah that's it, why I was late for the podcast today. <laughs> that's good, though. That's, that's good. not a bad thing. I'm not, I'm not mad at that at all. I'm actually impressed. Um, and that's, that's the nice thing. I like the activity that kind of the new year brings and everybody says, you know, I know there's the, like the new me, new year, new me movement, but it's true. A lot of people finally kind of surface and they're like, listen, I haven't done anything, whether it's refinance, purchase, whatever it is, I haven't done anything since, you know, three, four weeks ago. And a lot of these people are itching now. I mean, a lot of times we talk about it, the stigma of waiting the holiday season and it was kind of funny. So sitting down with your team today, a lot of them have their own opinions of, you know, even though you are waiting the holiday season, like people are still selling their house. I mean, we were t- we talked about it last week. CP was Christmas Eve. I've I've done plenty of refinances yeah. and purchase transactions on Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, New Year's Day. So, I mean, tell us a little bit about that. I mean, is it really all it's cracked up to be of waiting? Uh, you mean like waiting till spring? Or yeah, just after yeah. The like waiting after the holidays. I mean, a lot of people do wait after the holiday, yeah. but I mean, we had a good December. That's you good. Know, yeah. We also had a ton of people, um, plenty of people tell us they want to wait until after the holiday. I yeah. just think there's a lot going on, but 
you know, we talk to enough buyers and sellers that there's always a little bit of activity going yeah. on, you know, but I, w- I would say the majority of people um, right around second or third week of December, they say, yeah. you know what, we're going to take the next week or two, hold off on the home search. And then, right. you know, we'll give you a call right after the new year. And then we get a call from them saying, hey, by the way, I spent a little too much on Christmas. Yeah, I need to right. refinance, exactly. take some cash <laughs> Exactly. That never I happens. Think, uh, <laughs> I think people are inherently lazy. And then, you know, anytime you have an opportunity to grab an excuse that is generally Mm -hmm. widely accepted throughout the world, they will gravitate towards that. That's what I believe. Well, part part of the conversation this morning with your team was, you know, there are there are people out there that send you objections. But, you know, excuse my French, it's kind of bullshit sometimes. Mm -hmm. You know, some of the objections that people throw out are, well, I want to wait or I have, you know, I want to wait till tax time or I want to like understand that when you do a purchase transaction or even if you're refinancing your house, that you're not um, you're not closing today. Like if you sign an application, that thing's not closing today. Now we work really fast over here, so I mean, 14, 15 days on the road it is. But a lot of times, most mortgages take a decent 30 day process, mm-hmm. so you have time to kind of get your ducks in a row before you close. Totally. Um, and for somebody like us, we're very flexible in that. You know, we do verify income credit, all of that stuff up front. We get ahead of conditions. But if there's a something as far as like, hey, and you need an extra paycheck. You know what I mean? Before we can close. Well, that's something we can coordinate. And listing agent, buyer's agent are always really comfortable and good with that, you know, and saying, hey, okay, well, the offer is going to be 45 days because we know we need two pay stubs before. What I found is if the right house comes along and the buyers are in love with it, they will do anything with the resources to (laughs) make it work. So I had had one, one buyer last summer that they had to have a claw foot bathtub. And they were looking in like um, they were looking kind of in like Ferndale, Berkeley. It was in Henry, was it? No, no, no it no. wasn't Henry. No, <laughs> he likes those closets. Too. Right, right. Yeah. They had to have it. Well, they found one house, and this house was way under what they actually wanted to spend on a house, but it had a claw. The one feature that it actually had, thanks, Henry. The one feature it actually had was that claw foot bathtub. So they did everything and anything they could just yeah. to get that one. Yeah, you know, and so it, it is. Yeah. yeah, it's hmm. absolutely right. And so, you know, kind of leading into the new year, um, you know, and kind of talking about the future of Best Life and the future of, of your business, you obviously have been growing quite a bit. And it's been cool for me because I've gotten to see the growth, mm-hmm. you know, through this last few months that I've been working with you guys. But tell me what 2019 is. I mean, yeah. kind of give me some goals of what you're hoping to do or what you're expecting to do as far as business and, you know, real estate. Yeah, I think it's really an exciting time for us. What's the most fun is we did most of our hiring right around September, October. Right. So all the agents that just started with us, now they're three, four months in. Get their feet wet, yeah. They've gotten their feet wet. They just got a deal or two under their belt. And they've been hitting the phones and reaching out to buyers and sellers for the last 90 or 120 days. So it sounds funny, but we have a, a pretty thorough and aggressive training program. So even yeah. though they're three or four months in, I really feel like they have the training of an agent that might be in, at end of year one or even in year two. So. No. I think it's going to be fun because the majority of our agents, they're just getting into the thick of things. And then with the market picking up, which it always does in late winter, early spring, I think it's going to be a perfect storm of us having a big year. So um, right now we have myself and eight other agents, so nine agents total um, to support, you know, admin on our staff. And uh, we really want to grow. We want to add about two agents a month in 2019. So we end up around the 25 or 30 agent counts. That's a big growth. And then uh, we ended up with 16 million in volume. Yeah, uh, in 2018, and our goal is 45 in wow. 2019. So we have some big goals. What makes you set a goal that high? Like when you when you know when you set out and say, "Hey, we want 25 agents." I mean, because I from what I know of you, you're mm-hmm. just you, you dream big anyway, mm-hmm. and you think big, and yeah. I think it's a great mindset yeah. to have. What drives that goal, and what thought process mm-hmm. goes behind it? 
Yeah, ours was pretty cool. So we, um, just through some of the coaching that I personally get and some of the resources that I've had, you know, we have like a goal, a whole workshop mm-hmm. or goal calculation workshop and stuff like that. So it was pretty easy. We went through the workshop and then everybody submitted to me their individual goals. And yeah. then I did simple math. My mom's math teacher, so that helps. <laughs> uh, but I did simple math and it added up to right around 45. And then we uh, we pushed it a little bit and yeah. Um, yeah. factored in some of our agent count growth that we're going to have. Yeah. And we thought 45 was was aggressive but doable yeah so we put a big goal out there but i think everybody thinks we can hit it now I'm, okay so just it, this is how my mind kind of works so if you hit 40 yeah. is that an unsuccessful year to you or is that okay now next year i gotta hit 50 sure you know what i'm saying yeah so for me personally yeah <laughs> i want to hit 45 right no um, i get it i think if we increase by 150 percent mm-hmm. which is 16 to 40 i think that would be a, a huge year oh yeah yeah i think it's sure. a great year you know and i think if that's the case, then individually, all the agents are doing well, yeah. doing a lot of deals, making money, having fun, doing all those things. Yeah, so, yeah, and, totally. And, and because EXP is mainly cloud-based, yep. you know, explain kind of the the shift in tech because we've seen a lot of shift in technology in our industry. Sure. But explain kind of the shift in technology and how that encompasses what you do on a day-to-day basis. Totally. Yeah. So, um, you know, we were at a couple other brokerages beforehand, mm-hmm. and what I've realized is when you do have a team you tend to create almost like a micro brokerage within the brokerage that you're at anyway. So because of that, we thought that it made a lot of sense to transition to EXP. Um, Everything's cloud-based. A lot of of what we do is forward thinking technologically and stuff like that. Um, And our agents, I mean, because they're busy and because we put them in position to do a lot of business and they work their butt off to do a lot of business, they're always on the go anyway. So the, uh, I guess the brick and mortar where you come to the office every single day, it didn't make sense for us because our agents are always on the go because they're out showing and selling houses. Right. Well, I know? think I think it invites to um, – because we, we kind of have that mentality here. Yeah, right. I, I think <clears> it kind <throat> of invites a different type of – whether it's salesperson, agent, mortgage person, somebody that, you know, can come from any walk of life and mm-hmm. just step into it. Because, you know, not and not to throw any names of any big companies out yep. there, but you have some companies out there that – you know, they want only licensed and you either got to be licensed and have X amount of time or experience or we don't want you licensed. We're going to be the only ones to train you mm-hmm. as opposed to, you know, a perfect example, a guy like Dave on your team. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a great guy. Sorry, Mike, because I know you guys are competitive, but <laughs> like Dave on your team. Dave came from the Walmart world where yeah. I came from. Yep. And same like with me in this industry is I, you know, bef- right before mortgages, I was I was sold chips for a living. I worked for Frito-Lay. So yep. it's like you can kind of get into that inf- that that industry really easily. And I think technology plays a huge part in that. Yeah, well, I, I think that, you know, there's there's different types of people. And, and Ken, I think you were kind of alluding to this. You know, there are a certain type of person and, and God bless them. There's nothing wrong with them. But the type of person that wants to come into the office every day, wants to set his briefcase down, wants to go, you know, ca- kibitz by the water cooler or whatever it is, you know, and then there's the other type of person. And I think the world is shifting more towards this person B that is, I don't need an office. I don't need this. I don't need that. I don't need the water cooler. All I need is I need a platform that allows me to be successful, right? The opportunity to, to work hard and get rewarded. And, yeah. you know, Absolutely. that's, uh, and, and it's pretty cool and work remotely too. I think right. everybody, I think every new and maybe it's a millennial thing that, you know, we don't like to listen to mm-hmm. the authority or whatever it is. But because I put myself, obviously, I'm a millennial, but, you know, we don't like to listen to authority much. Mm-hmm. Or it's just the fact that, you know, the new day and age is like build your business, whatever, whatever you're working on, Correct. build a business around that. And I think that that's what technology is really offering 
our industries collectively, which is cool to see because yeah. a lot of people are benefiting from it. Right. And it's allowed us to hire agents geographically. Yeah. From all the way, right. you know, the east side to the water, up north to the great yeah. white north <laughs> where you are, all the way to the west side, too. So it's yeah. given us a lot of coverage, too. That's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. And, and so, you know, kind of going on to another topic here of just something that's, you know, been in my mind here, you know, obviously we, we work with other agencies, you know what I mean? And, and a lot of competitors say, um, you know, their predictions are is that the home market is going to, is kind of like declining, right? And it's not going to decline by much, but they think in 2019, um, that it would be slower than 2018. I mean, what are, what are taking your business and in the time you spend in the industry, what do you see or what is your prediction? So for the, I, I've been in the business five years mm-hmm. for the last three, I've had everybody tell me that this is the year that it's going to shift and I right. haven't seen it shift yet. It's like the Mayan calendar it's of like real estate. <laughs> <laughs> this is the year. Totally. Mm-hmm. So until that happens, I think 2019 is going to be slightly stronger yeah. than 2018 or at least as strong. I don't think it's going to slow down and right. in our first you know, day or two of the new year has proven that buyers are highly active and when they get pre-approved and get out there, it's going to be a right. insanely busy winter and spring. Absolutely. So. And I mean, in rates have shifted. Yeah. We've seen, we've seen quite a bit of a shift in rates. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, not really though. Well, I mean, listen, here's my, here's my thought process on, on interest rates and costs for loans and things like that. Anytime that there's a shift in any market, whether it's real estate or mortgages, it kind of creates like a snowball effect down, right? You know, it, we we hear constantly just like that. The Mayan calendar of mortgages is what the feds are meeting. Right. Yeah, and rates we are talk going to people up. all the right. time, and you know, yes, some people use it as a sales tag. Oh, the feds are meeting and they're going to raise rates. Well, a lot of people don't realize like the market kind of pads itself for that time right. period, and when that shift happens, it's not as aggressive as people think. I think people assume that if they say you know the real estate market is on a decline they assume oh, 09 yeah or, <laughs> right, right they do it's it's, it's literally fit by 50 60 percent this yeah. year it's right. going down. and when you right. see these actual statistics that are out and it's like oh yeah by 0.2 percent or right. even by five percent yeah it's not that all that means is that people are comfortable living where they are mm-hmm. i it's just I, I don't know it's just something that I've, I've always had in my mind of of that but you know. Yeah, you know, I, I think it could, I mean, I think plus or minus 5% this year, right? right? I think it could right. go either way, but I, I predict it's going to be just as strong. I'll take yeah. the over on that. Yeah, I'll take <laughs> that. I like <laughs> it. I like <laughs> it. And then, you know, um, kind of take an out-of-the-box out of thought process from this for a second. You know, what do you, you know, when you hear people say oh, it's a declining market, I mean, what does that really mean to the average person of like, oh, it's a declining market right now and homes aren't really being sold? Is it truly that homes aren't being sold? Or is it that people, you know, we have kind of like the the coup contra coup of, you know, the holidays where you're like, I don't want to buy homes. And then all of a sudden we have this random statistic that, oh, home prices, I mean, uh, the market's down 5%. Well, people just aren't buying anything. Yeah. I mean, it's it's interesting, right? So I've been in the, been in the business for five years. Mm-hmm. Every single year has been better than the last. Yeah. So that's the only market that I know. Right. So I think when, when people think a declining market's coming, I mean... To me, whether interest rates go up a little bit and, and sales price goes down, I mean, it's, yeah. it's probably going to be similar affordability. Yeah. You know, so whether you are looking at, you know, the monthly payment or the sales price, I, I think it's going to be very similar. And as long as the economy's healthy and people have jobs yeah. and, and, and things are going well, at least locally, I, yeah. don't, I don't see a drastic change. Right. And you know, it, maybe a correction, but I don't see a drastic change. And I think it's going to be and remain relatively healthy. And, and does that go to like, 
you know, and that's that kind of goes into the the same boat as like, okay, if you have an aging listing out there, right? Mm-hmm. You know, obviously people attribute that to the market. Well, if it's you know sit on the market, people just aren't buying it. Yeah. I mean, as far as aging listings and stuff like that, what are tactics that you use to kind of keep them relevant and get them sold, you know, quickly? Sure. Um, again, I've been very lucky. So <laughs> it's new territory mm-hmm. for me because right. every year has gotten stronger than the last. So really only in the last three or four months when the market did shift in the fall yeah. is when we saw listings actually sit on the market. So the first thing that my sellers and I talk about is maybe just taking a deep breath, to be right. honest with you, because the days on market is increasing a little bit. It yeah. doesn't necessarily mean that it's priced way too high. It just means it might take a little bit longer depending on the price point in the, the local market that you're in. So yeah. I think that's the first thing. I think the second thing is you, oh, I mean, I, I say price may not be a big deal. A lot of the times it has to do with price and timing. Right. So when we listed a lot of houses in late summer or early fall, it was right on the cusp of that shifting market. We might have been right where we needed to be pricing wise, but timing wise, the market shifted right when we put it on the market. So some of it does come down to price and timing. Yeah. So, you know, we do look at those seasonal shifts. Um, other than that, I mean, I think there's, you know, obviously some crafty things that we do. We, um, a lot of times sellers will take it off the market yeah. during the holidays, take right. it off for a month. And then, you know, late, late winter, or early spring, they'll put it back on when yeah. they, that there is that right. influx of buyers. Yep. Um, but I mean, not, nothing too crazy to be honest. A lot of times it's timing, price, maybe a combination of both, and then just doing a little bit of a, a re-strategizing marketing wise. But yeah. usually it's not tweaking too, too much. I mean, yeah. what, do, what, do, what do we see as far as, you know, well, how, I mean, how do we correlate? correlate I, guess, I, I guess we're, we're talking about a couple different things. The one thing that I like what you said, Ken, is with regards to, you know, the market and projections that we may see a slowdown or, or home prices decrease, you know, when we're talking about this stuff, we're talking about such small things, right. like you had said, even if it is 5%, what if it's 10%? I mean, think about what we're talking about. We have a Metropolitan Detroit is a huge market and typically a really, really, really good, strong buying housing market. Right. Um, you know, so what does that mean? That means there's you know a hundred less people out of the million that are you know potentially going to do something this year. It, right. It's so minimal that we we don't even really need to, to quantify you know talking about it. It's there's plenty of business out there, and I think Ken's proof of it in that his business keeps going up and up right. and up regardless of what the market is doing. Right. So, and it, it's it goes back to the whole the the minority you know makes up what happens to the majority majority of people think because you know five people tell five people something right. is bad then those five people go and tell five more people it's just it's it is what it is Here, here's what yeah. I tell pe- tell people and we work with first time home buyers yeah. a lot we do um, just by just by how it happens we get a lot of referrals yeah. and, it, and a lot of it tends to be first time home buyers so we have the opportunity to work with them quite a bit they say. They ask me what the market's going to look like. And, and what I tell them is, fortunately for anyone that bought in the last 10 years, they could buy, and then two years later they could make 30 grand, and then they could buy again and make another 40 right. grand and buy again and make another 50 grand. Yeah. And that is unprecedented ter- territory historically yeah. Yeah. with the real estate industry and the real estate market in Detroit. If you're looking to buy and then make 30 or 40 grand and get rich quick, I don't think now is the time to do it. If you're looking to buy a home, build some equity, find a good fair price mm-hmm. and stay there for a while. I think it's a great time to buy because yeah. money still is cheap to borrow and yeah. it's not ultimately about the mm-hmm. price tag. It's about the monthly payment and people buy a house because right. they want, you know, to live the American dream and want to <laughs> build something and want to yeah. build some equity and do their own thing. And, and that's about it. So, well, and we've talked about it before too. I mean, that, that's kind of, that kind of is the American dream, right? You it buy is. something small, 
you you know pay as much of it into it as you possibly can in a very short period of time and then you know some people are affected where we find them with you know they got to use equity because something happened life happens but you buy something put as much into it as you can sell it and then buy the upgrade and then put as much into that as you can and then buy the upgrade and i i think we yeah, see that a that's quite how a it bit. works absolutely so absolutely absolutely so here's here's something that i want to kind of veer off onto so we've been doing this segment well do you have do you have anything like really specific that you want to touch on that people need to know about I don't think so. I'm just here for the ride. Okay, good. Yeah, I'm just enjoying this. Is it, you're supposed to say I'm hiring. That's, that was, oh, is that, that was, that was, your, that was, that was your additional yeah. time to plug? Great. Can I? Yes. May go I? for it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, like I said, we are uh, we're looking to add about two agents a month. And um, what's cool is I had the opportunity to work at Real Team Real Estate mm-hmm. before too, and you guys all know uh, Real Team and the success they've had. So, you know, like Real Team, I'm looking to grow a team based, yeah, um, you know, company where. You know, we provide a ton of support, opportunities, yeah. training, leads, structure, coaching, mentoring, everything in between, you name it. Um, we provide all of that for our agents. And, you know, whether you're a new agent looking to get into the business and looking to get into business right away yeah. and do a bunch of business in year one, or you're looking to take your business to the next level, I, th- I think it's a great opportunity for both. And looking back, I joined a team, um, which yeah. was a real team five years ago. And if I were to do it again, I would join a team again, right. even knowing what I know now, just because it, it really puts you in position to be very successful and sell 20, yeah. 30, 40 houses in year one, which really doesn't happen with most agents, That's let true. alone year one agent. So right. I think uh, I think it's a great way. I think we have a good thing going. We're having a lot of fun. Um, our agents are just starting to really taste success. And right. um, you know, outside of worldwide headquarters, being up north a little bit, you know, we uh, we definitely we definitely uh, have fun and are flexible and getting together, you know, wherever we need to 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 make sure the culture's right. strong and we have fun doing it. So, well, and then it's my time to kind of prop you up, please. Too. So much like, <laughs> well, and, and what I was gonna say is much like you know, we talk a lot about in the office about David's mindset in business and David's mindset in hiring and David's mindset in in the mortgage industry. I feel like you have a lot of that same mindset. Because you understand that everybody gets a piece and everybody gets support in the same way. It's not like you're going to have one person where, you know, you're coaching them hands on. And then the next person is not getting any opportunity or any any bit or piece of you. Um, and I think as you grow, you know, as you grow, it's obviously becomes, you know, that's when you formulate the team leaders. Like we have CP in the office. Formulate team leaders that kind of have that same mindset. So I think it's really cool. And, the, and one of the cool dynamics today was I got to see people on the phone that were dialing and trying to get new business. This dude's an animal. Like he's never off the phone. And then he asked me, Hey, you know, did, did you talk to me about this guy? And I'm like, what guy? He goes, the guy that I'm calling right now to recruit. And he's like, just constantly on the phone trying to get more people involved. And then obviously Rita does a great job at, at as an admin, which she's new, you know, newly she's engaged. The glue. Yeah. She's newly engaged by the way. So congratulations to Rita. She is. Um, but it's just, it's just that mindset of, taking your business and allowing other people to kind of inherit that as well. So I think it's, I think it's awesome. The number one uh, number I consistently look at is, is every single agent getting business on the board every single month. And I know if that happens, usually our team goal takes care of itself. So I just want to make sure everyone's doing business, having fun, making money and, and that sort of thing. So that's good. Yeah, that's good. I got, so we got a game to play. Obviously we're starting this factor myth. Okay. So we started doing this. Last last week, okay, David took over, but I'm now reclaim the throne today. <laughs> uh, but so we factor myth is basically we talk about things in the industry, whether it's your industry or our industry, and we get kind of our opinion on it. Okay, mm-hmm. 
So number one, I'm just going to throw it out 20% down. I mean, we already know where that question is going. Do I need 20% down? I'm going to say myth. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah, myth. Okay. Why? I mean, what what is it? Like, you know, why is that such a, and, and I can't stand it because I, I hear this all the time, especially from people that are, you know, my age I went to school with and they don't really know. Why is that such a stigma of 20%? Why is that in like ingrained in people's head? And the only reason that could possibly be still ingrained is it's, it, ingrained is it's got to come from parents, right? right. Because it's it the only yeah. possible way. Uh, right. Everyone else on the planet that, that you know doesn't live under a rock knows that you don't <laughs> need to put 20% down to buy a house. Right. Other than, you know, people that are even older than me. Uh, and so, <laughs> so it's, that's the only possible thing. Um, yeah. 100% myth. The, the only good thing about that myth is that generally people are pleasantly surprised when we tell them they don't right. need 20 percent. They're like, oh, my God, really? Yeah. You know, and that's usually a good thing when you can when you can pleasantly surprise somebody. Right. So. One well, and to kind of piggyback on that is the mortgage insurance thing is always the next question. Right. Well, I knew that if I didn't put 20 percent down, I had to have mortgage insurance. Understand that mortgage insurance like right now, mortgage insurance is is super low. I mean, conventional loan. 3% down uh, home ready or home possible for people that know what that is. It basically, it's a, a low down payment and it gets you a great deal. But, you know, mortgage insurance, you're looking at $200,000 loan and you're paying, you know, 40 bucks a month in mortgage insurance yeah, there's for never, a very short time. Right. There has never been a better time in the in the industry for mortgage insurance than there is now. Right. Um, I mean, for years, we have hated it, right? right. We bashed it. We avoided it at all costs. But... It's not so bad anymore. You know, right. if it's only a few bucks and, and you're you're actually able to keep, you know, now it's actually, a, we bring it up to people and it's actually a point of, you know, consideration. Do you want to put more money down? Right. Or keep this money in the bank knowing you're going to pay, you know, 50 bucks a month in mortgage insurance, but you're hanging on to, you know, all of this extra money that you can do other things with. Right. So, I mean, you think about the difference on a $200,000 house between 3% and 20%, it's $35,000. Right, right. A ton of money. can keep in their yeah. pocket. Think about it, at, uh, in, uh, and I'll do quick math as we go to the next one, but think about in mortgage insurance, which you would pay. So most people can get out of that, that MI, we'll say, in you know, six, five to six years, yeah. you know, majority. And if you talk, if you talk relevantly enough with your client, you know, they know, Hey, if I put a little extra, what, right. what have you <clears throat> understand that, that, that difference of, well, I can save 35 grand or I can pay, you know, 40 bucks a month in mortgage insurance over the next X amount of years. It's really, you're essentially doing the same thing, but you're also, I mean, well, you're saving, but you're essentially doing the same thing but it's where's the necessity? Is it now or is it later? Right. You know what I mean? So yep. going off of that now, here's a good one that I like. The lender with the lowest rate is always the best deal. 100% always the best deal. True. True. Okay. <laughs> True. <laughs> yeah, no. No. There's there's no there's no way. Most people don't understand um, how mortgages work, and that's just – that's not any fault of theirs. It's, no. you know, when I was in school – well, actually, when I was in when I was in high school, they didn't even teach how to write checks. The only reason I write I know how to write checks is because I write all my dad's checks. He used to make me write his <laughs> checks when I was little, uh, and sometimes I sign them for him too. But that's besides the point. Um, but like, they didn't even teach us how to write paychecks. So then nobody's out there teaching about r- true investments that are going to last a long time, like real estate, mortgages. Um, and I just there's so many factors that kind of go in or yeah. play in to your mortgage. Title work, appraisal, inspection, 
everything that is non-lender specific is going to be the same. You know, if it's $10,000 for title work, recording fee, your prorations, your insurance, that's going to be the same across the board. What you're looking at is, number one, uh, you're looking at the processing and underwriting or whatever the lender cost specific are and then yep. discount points. Those are the two biggest factors. You know, and what a lot of people say, well, they have a lower interest rate. Well, that's great that they have a lower interest rate, but how many times do we see out there that it's, you know, they're charging me two points for, you know, a lower interest rate? Yeah. So can I ask you guys a question? Yeah. Because my buyers ask it all the time. And and what is the, what's the most important question or questions that a first time home buyer or someone that maybe not be as educated about the lending process, what are the one or two questions that they should ask a lender? That's a good question. That is a good question. Um, more so than asking questions of the lender, they should be, the lender should be asking them questions. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, it's almost like be fearful of the of the lender that just gives you information without knowing a lot about your situation mm-hmm. because they simply are throwing something out there that may make sense or it may not make sense. I mean, to me, the biggest thing is there is no such thing as the best rate or the best deal. There is something that fits someone's situation right Mm -hmm. and you know what might be the best thing for you may not be the best thing for me and the best thing for patrick um you know it's really about just looking over the the entire situation what are your goals what are your plans and then we customize something that kind of makes sense you know i i I don't know why but as we're talking about this i'm sitting here and i'm thinking about airfare right right and because i guess i'm trying to think about what other industry gets just hammered on price like we do (laughs) and I'm thinking airfare does. And, how, you know, how many times have you guys you've fallen victim to, like, the spirit air oh, or, you know, no. one of the one of the just low, low rate, crappy airlines. And you just I regret every time that I do it. And I still do it. And I know I hate I don't play price game about anything, but I still find myself falling into that trap. And then I get nickel and I'm paying for my seat. I'm paying for, you right. know, to use the freaking bathroom. I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah. That's absolutely, so. you're, you're absolutely right on that. And well, just to clarify, Hirschman has a, a G6, so. Oh, well, that. So, you know, he doesn't, too. he doesn't really pay for airfare like right. the rest of us. No, I, I honestly, if you ask me what question truly you should be asking your lender, and this is an honest question, I'll, I'll elaborate on it. What's your availability? Yeah. Because let me, let me explain something. When a client, you know, especially a first time home buyer comes to us on the phone, that initial conversation is not going to answer every question. That initial conversation is not going to. Um, solidify anything in their brain. Most of the time, it's like school. You know, the first time you get into the school, you're in a new class, you're in a new environment, you got blinders up, and you don't, you know, you, it goes in one ear and out the other. So I, I love when people ask me, and they have actually, it's kind of weird, they've asked me more as of recently as like, you know, this other lender wasn't available. I try to call them, I'm talking to other people. It's like, I tell everybody, I give them my cell phone number. I tell them, I'm, when you're available, I'm available. And I tell you this all the time, if you need anything, let me know. And it, whether it's 10 o'clock at night or it's 7 o'clock in the morning, if we have to set up a different time for us to talk about it, let's talk about it more. And then I, I always push the question back on the client of, do you ever write any, like if, if you don't write anything down, what I need you to start doing is every question you think of, you know, between now and tomorrow when we talk, write it all down on a piece of paper because you're going to forget about it. And then you feel, I think it's more of a feeling of misinformation or a yeah. feeling that I'm not, I'm not understanding um, and we go back to that same thing. If mom and dad have a preferred agent or have a preferred lender, a lot of people end up falling victim to that same thing. Cause it's true. And it's a great thing for agents, right? If you're a career agent, mm-hmm. you know, I have a buddy of mine, his parents have bought and sold five homes with the same agent. So that's awesome for him. 
Uh, but at the same time, could I send them, you know, could they work with somebody else that is, you know, yo- not younger, but, you know, more technology savvy or more available to them, mm-hmm. you know? So that's that's kind of where I go with it. Yeah. You know, one other thing as I'm sitting here is like, you know, I think first-time homebuyers are always worried about what what could go wrong. Mm-hmm. Right. I think that's a great question to ask. Yeah. Like, what could possibly go, what, you know, in their lender should know. Like, well, you know, you've only been on the job for eight months and that concerns right. me a little bit or, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So if the lender isn't telling them there's any of the concerns that they have, you should just flat out ask that question. Right. Like, are there any concerns? Do you see anything I should be worried about? Right. And if you want a blunt question, you know, what are your lender costs? Mm-hmm. That's what I would ask. What are your lender costs? Because that right there, we can we can explain. This is exactly what our lender cost is. And then that draws us into another conversation about, well, if you have an interest rate low, we're talking about discount points and stuff. That's another right. thing that could add up. But yeah. I think the point is a lot of the first-time home buyers, again, without without us educating them, right. they'll simply shop three, four, five lenders and say, what's the best rate? That's right. not the right question at all right. to ask. Right. No. It, right. It truly isn't. And especially if you have something that's designed for your specific situation. And understand, too, so this is more for anybody out there that you know may be buying or selling a home, whatever it is. Understand that in our industry too, we do have thresholds that we can't go above, mm-hmm. you know, and and not all time, you know. And I, I hate to say it like this, but not all lenders or not all loan officers are experienced or knowledgeable enough, and sometimes things don't get caught until middle or towards the end of a process. So if you have a you know a guy that well, unfortunately like me that sold potato chips and then worked for a big box lender, right, and that's all I knew previously that, and I give you a, a you know interest rate. That's so low that the cost for that interest rate, you you know, we can't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, then we don't find that out until we're halfway through yeah. the process. It's just going to kill the deal, and there's so right. many people involved already that it's just it's a headache. Sure. Yep. So understand, it's it's the person you vibe with. It's just like speed dating. You know, you got You have that quick twenty minute conversation, fifty minute conversation. And if you like them, we're going to go on to another date. The analogies today are fantastic. I love <laughs> the analogies. Man. It's, good. it's good stuff. Uh, yeah, so that is uh, that is factor myth. We're only doing the two because we kind of went over a little bit. Yeah. We're at uh, 33 minutes right now and 50 seconds. Uh, and if we don't end this thing, I probably David will have my head. So uh, <laughs> for anybody out there that's looking, obviously, to buy, sell, looking to uh, get into the industry, yeah. Give us your contact info. How do we get a hold of you? Yeah, go to mymetrodetroithomes.com. Um, that's the first thing. If not, you can reach out to me, Ken at Best Life and Co. That's Ken at B E S T L I F E A N D C O.com. I love it. All right. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Ken, for joining us. Thanks, guys. CP, Absolutely. As CP, as always. Yo, yo. All righty. That is live on real estate. We're getting close to uh, episode number 100, by the way. We're creeping up on it. So it's going to be a big, big celebration. So. Alrighty, and Jess, thanks for hanging out with us. All right, that's this week's episode. We'll see you next time.